Hey, everyone, and welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live broadcast brought to you by Frontline Gaming. We are your hosts, Kicker, the chief of Serial and Sigilite of FLG, and I'm Seth the Mad Dog, your competitive <laughs> correspondent. Kicker, uh, what's going on there, buddy? I am currently at the Cherokee Resort in Cherokee, North Carolina, and it is gorgeous. But I am, as you can tell, not working with my full setup here. So I'm sorry if the uh, uh, it doesn't look as professional why, as normal. Why but, don't you uh, travel yeah. with the full studio? Yeah, why don't I do that, right? I mean, yeah, I put just, it in the back of the rig. All the time. Put it in the back of the all rig. Right, that's the game plan. That's the game plan. Right. And I'll just have a dedicated spot at the back of the van. But no, I'm, 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 I'm dude, I, I pulled up. And no, I like little secret here. Uh, nobody at Frontline Gaming ever saw this place uh, in person. So we had no idea how like nice it was. And this is by far my favorite resort we've been at yet. Like it's just nice. brand spanking new and super clean. Yeah. And like there's mountains across, like it's right next to a river. Like, like what the hell? Like this is just awesome. Yeah. What about you, Seth? I mean, you, you, did you get your stuff painted? Are you ready to rock? Yeah, on? I got it done. Um, I painted, I counted, I painted an ethereal, uh, Shadow Sun and her drones, another six drones. Uh, 40 weapons that were magnetized, a uh, crisis suit, oh, wow. uh, three broadsides. Yeah. Um, we got it done, though. We got all the crap done it, and to a decent quality. Um, my Tau army looks looks pretty good. It's not my best army, but it still, it still came out pretty well. So I'm happy with it. You I'm humble. excited to get it on the table. I have been playing this army since it came out in 2001. Um, and uh, I'm just excited to get all these models on the table, man. Yeah, I mean, and, and and let's be honest, there's probably gonna be a few other people rocking towel this weekend. It seems like they're the uh, one or the cool two, one or two, choice. I think. You know, one or two, one or two. I, yeah. I, I know people are like, oh, I didn't know you were a towel player, but like, oh no, I'm a towel player. It seems like a lot of people are. Are they gonna bring players. my original but, uh, codex with me as proof of like, no, 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 I've been playing this since 2001. Shut up. <laughs> Well, I mean, so so we're going to see a lot of towel. We're going to see a lot of custodies. Um, yep. Tomorrow is, is the big day. So tomorrow I'm going to be setting up all day long. If you are in the area, come by, help us set up because we can use all the help we can. Be at 10 a.m. in the hall and let's just move stuff. Um, but then it's always fun. My favorite part, of, one of my favorite parts of working these events is 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 like the, the the mass like migration of all of a sudden forty k players showing up with their carts and their armies, and you see them checking at the front lobby. Like everyone got their battle yep. bags and their their army trays, and I just love seeing everyone show up, getting like excited. So so tomorrow, I fully expect to see everyone you know show up, and uh, then at uh, six six p.m. is our meet and greet that we should uh, make sure you you know you're gonna be there, right, Seth? The meet and greet. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be there. I I would say Wait, with bells see. on, but I'm 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 not going to be wearing bells. But I'll be there. I, six and nine. You and, you and me, been, buddy. I've been told. I, I've met by the yeah. We'll, we'll I'll be meeting and greeting all you guys. Uh, so will Joe the War Gamer, uh, nice. Adam our head 40k judge, a local judge as well, Stephen Valley. I believe uh, a few other folks will, will will be there that you may or may not recognize. But uh, oh, dude, in the hotel, I, I spoke with the venue management mm -hmm. today when I when I first showed up, and they're being very generous, and they're providing us a little bit more food than we actually paid for to provide for all the. Uh, Attendees. Uh, so the Iron River nice. is, a, is a sponsor here that has helped us uh, provide appetizers for everyone for tomorrow night. But the hotel kind of chipped in and got us some nice stuff too. So we have like barbecue pork sliders and some cool. uh, pimento cheese dip. Yeah, a bunch of good stuff. So it'll be fun right. tomorrow night. It'll be fun. Now, so now kicker. I did you did you yeah. see the the videos I sent you this week? Uh, of Henry which Cavill. one? Oh, dude. Yeah. How cool is did that? Did you secure right? Henry yeah, Cavill for the meet and greet? Like I asked. I mean. I can't say yes. <laughs> but you're not saying yes. All right. I'm next not time, saying no. I'm next not saying time. no. It, it turns but out Henry, Henry no. was super busy being at Warhammer World. I don't know if you guys saw the yeah. other day. 
Yeah, yeah. So Did you Henry see Cavill, the memes that were posted that said, "Look, you know, find someone that look that looks at you like Henry Cavill looks at these miniatures." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, so, so un- sure. unfortunately, he will not be at charity next time. Next time, next time, We're gonna keep but trying. Yeah, it is kind of cool. It's kind of cool though. Like, like yeah. I, I, somebody was like, why, why was he there? Why was he getting this VIP treatment? Well, he's getting this VIP treatment because anywhere Henry Cavill goes, he's gonna get treated like a VIP. Yeah. But what if? Let's just let's just spread this rumor out there. What if he's there right now negotiating his first role? For a Warhammer film, like right? What if he? What if that's the reason? I mean, there? I mean, right? uh, there is Warhammer Plus, and there's lots of content on that. I actually just watched yes, ex- yeah, the yeah. the first episode of Exodite today. Oh, that was uh, so to good. Get, to get oh, my yeah. cow juices flowing. Yeah, that was good. Ooh, it was really, really good. yeah, really yeah. okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. And speaking of new stuff coming out, I mean, there hasn't been that many minis that have been released. You know, a little bit more trickling on the Eldari rule front. Um, we do know the new uh, Kill Team box is going to be, you know, Corsairs, Eldar Corsairs, and the Chaos Space Marines. Basically, it's the new Chaos Space Marines, but the only thing that's new for this box set is the individual sprue that allows you to upgrade them with all the little fun bits and, and whatnot. Did you check that sprue out yet, Seth? Have you looked at it closely? Why would I look at, at Eldar nonsense? I know, I know, and I know, but no, the chaos, the chaos, the chaos. Come on, it's pretty cool. Like, I don't even like chaos, but those new, that new, the, the new bits look really cool. There's like a sword that looks like it's on fire. There's clearly like a sorcerer of some sort that's going to be in this this unit. Um, so I, I know that some chaos, at least the chaos players I talked to while I was driving up here to Cherokee, were all very stoked for this. You know, they're like, oh, yes, an upgrade sprue. And obviously the, the chaos book is, is going to quickly follow, I'm sure. God right. willing. <laughs> God willing, right? Why, why would you guys want yeah. chaos? Just again, we're we're good. We've got Tau and Orcs. That's all we need. <laughs> oh, we can't. We, we can't um, live off hey, Tau and Orcs. I know you're reading chat, Seth. We got anything going yeah. crazy on? And by the way, guys, if you are listening to our podcast uh, on Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you could be watching it. I mean, sorry, you should be watching it at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so you can partake in our chat, ask us questions live, and get to see beautiful photos of Seth's paint jobs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. so there is something in chat kicker. All right, shoot. What, what do we got? I'm going not going to say this individual's name because I don't want you to have a negative connotation of them. But they say, pro tip: breakfast is actually the worst meal of the day. Oof! oof, 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 oof. Uh, I completely disagree with that statement, and um, yeah, very, very disheartened to hear that. Speaking of breakfast, though, I guys, I want to remind you there will be amazing breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, professional. What a segue! Look at that, right? Right? No, 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 no. Because I, honestly, I was meeting with a catering manager today. Uh, one of the things we're talking about is what kind of food specifically we're going to have on 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 Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it's going to be like you know we're we're in you know the, the mountains here, Smoky Mountains. We're going to have some biscuits and you know all that good stuff for breakfast. So yeah, um, but yeah. Oh, there, there. If you're watching, there the is a right request now, for biscuits and gravy. Oh, jeez. There, there will be. I, I know there's biscuits. I'm trying to get the gravy. It's like biscuits and sausage. I don't know. We'll, we'll, breakfast gravy? will be in the hall. It'll be affordable. I, I, I think so. I don't. I don't want to make promises. But there will be <laughs> breakfast in the hall. So if you're at Cherokee, come by, grab breakfast, go roll some dice. But yes, uh, on the screen you just saw the the new chaos uh, bits that I'm 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 legitimately excited about. I love the idea that you're going to be able to just have these little add-on sprues, right? That you can add to a yeah. squad to totally make them unique or give them your special weapons and whatnot. Here. Oh, yeah, I, just, oh, I just want to zoom. I just want to zoom into how happy that one chaos marine is with the sword up. He's just so happy. <laughs> he's, he's just like, I he's love just, being so a happy. chaos marine. Yeah. Well, you know, he's happy because he found oh. out that in the new codex he actually gets two wounds, and so he's like, yes, look, finally, how happy he is. finally. Seth, look at how happy. He yeah, is. there we go. Happy, happy. Look, uh, that's a happy space marine. That's a weird looking orc. That's all I know. 
<laughs> hey, uh, Seth, do we have any other chats, uh, questions in the chat? I know somebody just yep. we were talking about Cherokee. Did, 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 what about the table? I think you said something about tables or something. Yep. Uh, so one of the pre-submitted questions was uh, how are tables going to be spaced out at the event? Yeah, Cherokee's pretty uh, badass, guys. What we're doing is we're not doing the the big pods of tables like we did at LVO where you had a table pod that would had basically six playing surfaces so that's 12 people we're at one pod we'll have three playing surfaces so you're gonna have a little bit more elbow room you'll have to be able to walk around you know you more likely will be on a, a three-sided space so so yeah you'll have a lot more elbow room at Cherokee than you had say at LVO or that you'll have at BAO um and yeah so 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 it'll be a nice setup I mean we're just testing out this is our first year here but you know, we are blown away with the response from the players, so we'll probably be doing this again next year. And I can't say what we'll do next year, but for at least year one, you're going to have elbow room. Uh, so a few other questions, uh, less Cherokee-related, or sort of Cherokee-related. Yeah, yeah let's, let's move on, let's move on, let's move on. How was the drive with Adam? Oh, dude, it was great. Yeah, so so for those that you saw from my Facebook post, uh, I picked up – I live in New Orleans, so I drove from New Orleans up to Atlanta. I picked up Atlanta uh, – Adam at, at Atlanta who flew in from Los Angeles, and then we drove the three hours from Atlanta up to Cherokee through the Smoky Mountains. And first of all, it's a gorgeous drive. And mm-hmm. then uh, midway through, Adam and I stopped off in a nice uh, barbecue – a local barbecue joint and had some, like, legit quality barbecue. They had, like, probably 20 different sauces, barbecue sauces we can cho- choose from, like North Carolina mm-hmm. spicy, North Carolina sweet, North Carolina – vinegary uh it, it, whatever it was it was fun um but uh yeah no it was good adam and i talked a lot about life and, and the world and all the new stuff that uh he thinks that we should be doing so i i, I you know adam, adam's been doing this a long time i mean said do you realize how long adam's been doing this long like, enough that he uh he basic i think he's like yeah i'm he's been doing it a long time i'll just say that he's, he's been doing gonna... a long time i yeah. mean he's seen generations of uh, he's seen the different iterations of the hobby and, and it has, mm-hmm. as, as it's grown and he really gives good insight so um, uh, we're very fortunate to have Adam as, as, as our you know our head judge and, and somebody that we can really lean on to, to give us guidance where necessary um, yep. but yeah and I, and, and I did learn Adam did he's, something about a he's cereal he's the cooler like I've been cereal. told uh, yeah <laughs> he's the cooler dude yeah. this guy though like he is a one man show like he can run like he so he and Stephen Valley will be running uh we're running this, but the two of those guys can, can run massive events together. So, yeah. Yep. Um, what, well, what about you, Seth? You're driving to tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. My wife and I are getting up tomorrow morning and driving uh, in the morning and should be there early right, afternoon sweet. to, uh, sweet, to sweet. Uh, get settled in and assist. She's going to go get pampered. Sweet. I'm uh, going to move terrain. Seth, we're talking about getting ready quickly for, for events and stuff. Did you adjust your – because I'm always curious, right? When you know you have a deadline and you want to bring certain units, do you adjust your paint? Just in order for you to like, maybe do you cut corners, maybe to get your paint jobs, you know, at least the three color kind of minimum thing. Or, I, I yeah, don't. Do you sacrifice? I don't. All right. Um, but that also, like, my Tau is a step down from my orcs, so they're a little less detailed. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. So I, they didn't have much to begin was, with. Was and that on also purpose that you limited. did that? That the Tau was less uh, painted well? They don't deserve. Yeah, yes, don't because deserve. the Tau army was started to be painted when I was 15. Oh. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Seth was not as good a painter as Seth is now. Um, so, yeah. and I don't want to go back and repaint all that stuff. Oh, so I, I just kind of do it. It's, it's, I mean, it still looks good. Um, you know, you three foot distance, it looks great. You get up close, you see that my line highlighting is a little chunky sometimes, but whatever. Um, but I definitely, and and like, it definitely made me lock in my list a lot earlier because I was like, I need to like paint. I need to know what I'm playing. I need to stick with it, and I got to paint. Um, so that definitely did make me lock my list a little earlier. I think. 
and and do one strategy I found because I I'm like you I've got some old stuff that I painted a long time ago is as long as you keep your color palettes the same you know from like a five foot yeah. away no one's gonna be able to know the difference between something that you painted five years ago or recently the other big thing is basing like I I will keep my bases the exact same in terms of the finish and it really ties the whole army together regardless of how crappy some of my older models are painted yep. mm. let me get to a few more of these questions then we can let you go Kick yeah up. yeah shoot shoot um, all right cool. This one came in. I don't think we're going to have an answer for it, but I'll throw it out there. Do we have any word on when the GW events are going to be this year? Um, no, I don't. I don't feel comfortable uh, spilling the beans or anything on that because yeah, I think, I that's think you GW just have to watch right Warhammer to Community so. site for but that. But they have one. not yeah. officially announced but, any dates in the United States. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. there will be more events. There are coming now. Yeah. This is complete speculation on my part, but I believe uh, since it's labeled a road show. Um, it might not necessarily be returning to the same cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 I mean, I think that it's a pretty good. Uh, it's it's pretty fair to believe that they will be in new locations each event, right. at least for the foreseeable so future. That, that's exciting. Um, <laughs> the yeah. other question is: uh, this is a first first year someone's competing in the ITC. Uh, Nerdic Inspiration says, uh, wondering when you typically update the exact calendar dates and a few more details for the GTs that occur later in the year for planning. Um, so, when, when well, do you we guys, don't, when we do don't schedule your stuff? We, our GTs from like yeah. gaming GTs or okay. So, our our events we have a we have a nice little tab on our on our website that should have all the dates in there. Um, Everything is locked in place all the way through Cruise Hammer, so that's all the way through August. Those dates are set in stone. Uh, SoCal, um, I got the contract in last week. It looks fine. We just have to sign it. But basically, SoCal is going to be the I want to say October twenty fourth that weekend, so the weekend before Halloween. Uh, That will be a three day event: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Most likely will be three day event. We'll have the space for three days. We're just trying to figure yeah. out if we want to do a two day schedule like we're doing for Texas, or we're going to make it a three day event. Uh, and then LVO twenty twenty three that is confirmed. That is you know that that is also locked in place. So we're scheduled all the way through really LVO twenty twenty three. If yeah. you go to so our you can find all that stuff on right the now. FLG website. Nerdic they're not in BCP though. Some people use BCP ah. to kind of find their events, and they're not in BCP yet. Uh, not for any good reason whatsoever, other than I don't have the artwork, so I don't want to post the event and to PCP to have the artwork. That's a, that's a reason. It could be a good reason. Yeah, right. That's a reason. Yeah. So uh, there's your answer, Nerdic. Um, in terms of other, you know, events outside of FLG, that just depends on the individual TO and when they post that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, some TOs try to stick to the same weekend every year. Some TOs generally, they you know, they stick to the same month. It just depends. Um, yeah, with 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 some people that have like legacy events or like frontline gaming, a lot of our contracts with venues are for multi year. So we our, our dates have been locked in. You know, like we can't we can't like Texas our Texas event we're st- we're at that exact same time for the next two years. Like that's not changing. And people are like, oh come on, can you change it a week? I'm like, no no no, yep. we can't. Not not gonna happen. You know. Um, but you know what's really important, guys, is after this event this weekend at Cherokee, we're gonna need all your feedback because if you guys like it. Uh, and we're happy, then we're, we're going to book that contract literally the week after. I'm going to talk with the venue and start negotiating 2022, I mean, 2023 and 2024 uh, for this space. It's kind of late to negotiate yeah, we'll 2022 kicker. Yeah, right, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're we're kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. 2022, buddy. Yeah. Um, Scotty asks, uh, is Cherokee Open 40K tournament going to be streamed with commentary from the man, Adam Camilleri? Uh, I don't believe so. You know, it's, no commentary, that yeah, is. It is being streamed by Joe from War Games Live. He is yeah. there. And Joe is uh-huh. here. He's already here. His his rig's parked out front. He's ready to rock and roll. 
Um, Joe might possibly bring in somebody to help, but I think that this will mainly be a Joe, a solo Joe kind of production. Yeah. If if I if I wash out real quick, guys, I'll go help Joe. <laughs> okay. But you know his quality is amazing. Yeah. So like, yeah, he does, I would definitely he does a great job. In. And yeah. he does he for a, for a one man show. Uh, you know he he manages to keep it back and forth between talking with chat job. and listening to the players. Yep. And not having a lot yep. of lulls. So even if you don't have Adam there, you'll still get a good good time. And the chat's always really active, so I'm sure you can get a lot of insight there. Yeah. Um, and he's on. You YouTube, mentioned something way. about Lone Star, and that brought up another question in chat. Kicker, you just keep causing more questions. Oh, so just stop asking questions. This. I want to go to sleep <laughs> is lone star yeah, open sure. 40k champs two or three day event okay so the lone star open i mean it's been kind of delicately announced because we haven't you know we didn't make a big deal about it we're trying to get through cherokee first uh but yeah lone star open the 40k champs event is going to be a saturday and a sunday event so everyone will play three rounds Saturday. Everyone will play three rounds on Sunday. Now, there's a few reasons for that, mainly because we don't. Most of the people that come to Lone Star don't have to fly there. They can drive. They, they basically won't have to take Friday off from work. So you don't have to, you know, make a big deal about it. You just come and hang out. And we think that this will really allow for a lot more people to be able to make the event. Um, we're trying it out this year. If it goes great, then 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 we'll then we'll, you know then we'll stick with it. Otherwise, we can make it to a three day event. Now, what does this mean? This means that oh, are we good? Are you losing me? No, no, you're good. Okay, sweet. So what does this mean, right? This means that it's a two-day event, so that means six rounds. Almost for sure we're going to have more than one undefeated winner, and that's just a fact of life. I'm sorry. Um, we will obviously select a champion at the at the end of it based, I guess, you know, I'll let the judges determine the final format. But that's not the only competition taking place during the 40K Champs. We're not looking for the only overall winner. There's another big factor to Lodestar Open, which we're really excited. At. And, I, I, and we can't go into the details because I just all don't have all, all right. the – there's so, there's but, more to but, come. We'll catch Kicker on that one when he's not in yeah. a hotel room trying to prepare for no, a no, no, event no. tomorrow. But no, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, and your and, your vacation time point was well received. There are some comments in chat about people being excited that they have to take less vacation time. So yeah, uh, yeah. well, that's the big deal. Basically, you can leave Friday at night anywhere from Texas. Basically, be there. You know. Friday, you know, spend the night at the hotel. Saturday morning, roll dice. Sunday, head back home. It, like, it just allows a lot more people to come. Because not yeah. everyone has that many vacation days. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, I think that's all the questions we're going to take with Kicker. We're going to let him go. Um, say goodnight, Kicker. <laughs> Thanks, goodnight, Kicker. Goodnight, Kicker. <laughs> um, we Guys, have I'll a, see you uh, all at the event. Yeah. Yep. I didn't mean okay, to cut I'll, you off there, buddy. Announce what we're doing. T tell, them, tell them what we're doing because you, you take okay, it away. Okay, I was going to, but then you started talking. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we uh, Kicker and I this past Saturday actually had a chance to sit down with Stephen Box and uh, interview him, um, talking about specifically uh, fitness in 40K, uh, his personal journey through the hobby, um, talking about the, the UK meta because he's been playing both in UK and the US. There's a special announcement in there that you're going to really want to uh, mm -hmm. keep your eyes tuned to or not your eyes tuned you can keep your eyes tuned I guess but also you listen for it tuned. Um, importantly <laughs> though uh, there may or may not have been some audio errors no. on it was on perfect report. No, and uh, the lovely tech priest nope. uh, Dickie there, here managed to was a clean to revive the, 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 the audio nope. um, so just stay tuned for that treat so no. uh, we'll, we'll hit that and then I'll be back afterwards. We'll talk about the ITC recap. I'll get to any more last-minute questions, and then we'll wrap this one up for the night, folks. <laughs> cool. I'll see you guys all uh, at the event. If not, I'll see you guys next week. See you there. Let's run that video. Please, please.
Hey, everyone, and welcome to the past. Uh, this is Seth and Kicker actually on Saturday, right? Kicker? Yes, it is Saturday, dude. Yeah, it is before, Saturday. before Cherokee, um, we, we're bringing on a special guest, and that's why we kind of had to do this Saturday because, well, there's a bit of a time delay. So our guest today is Stephen Box from Vanguard Tactics. Let's bring him on and welcome Come on, come on in, Stephen. There we go. Boom. Hey, hey there you are. Stephen, welcome to the show. Glad to have welcome. you here. Uh, if for folks that maybe don't know who you are, uh, maybe give you a little little plug about who you are and why you're here. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. What an, uh, what an honor <laughs> to be on uh, the one and only Frontline Gaming podcast. So uh, obviously, this is a show that I've listened to for many years. So, so I'm actually humbled to be here. Um, <laughs> original, yeah. so, so a little bit about me. Um, I started this kind of crazy hobby, you know, many, many years ago. Had a big break, obviously, through university, you know, girls, everything else that you kind of get distracted. Everyone does that, yeah. You get distracted, yep, right? Real common. Um, and then back now, uh, a few years ago now, really, into the sort of competitive side of 40K. Um, and ever since then, I decided that I would start a YouTube channel and really focus on sportsmanship and fair play and helping more people understand the game that I would have wanted to learn in that way um, when I first got into it. And that's kind of kind of been my mission since, is to get more people rolling dice and enjoying the incredible community that we have at Warhammer. So, yeah, it's kind of well, me Well, Stephen, you're talking about rolling dice, but you yourself have been on a roll. I mean, it's been going and going and going, and you've been gaining steam. And, I mean, you you had a, you know, a sold-out workshop class at LVO mm -hmm. teaching people. I mean, you yourself, your class has been growing in popularity, and it's it's, it's kind of cool. You're becoming a, a, a name brand. I mean, people know you, dude. I saw everyone like, oh, wait, wait that's Stephen Fox. I've heard of him. You know, LVO, you know, so so it's kind of cool. You're 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 becoming a, a known person in the uh, in the community, dude. Um, you've it's also been, uh, you, you know you've grown surreal. your academy, right? Like you've added people to your staff, right? Your team. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's been a real surreal experience for the last sort of I'd say uh, year. Really, it's kind of escalated, um, and I've created a bit of a monster, I suppose. But <laughs> um, yeah, the, the team's growing. Uh, Vanguard Tactics is growing. The players, the coaches, the academy itself is just relaunched, and I think. By the time this comes out, the academy is now closed. So you oh, can't okay. come onto my academy <laughs> until it next reopens. You can join the waiting list, which I'm sure I'll have a link somewhere on my website. But um, yeah, obviously. So, so just, just to like, because not everyone knows your academy. How exactly? It's an online academy. How does it work? Is it a Discord? What, what is what is exactly your academy? Because you're based in the UK. Not all of us yeah. can go, go see you in person. Okay, so imagine a online course. If you wanted to study anything, whether it was nutrition or psychology or photography, it's very similar that you would expect modules that mm -hmm. progress from one to the next, which have a logical progression, uh, and then lessons which start with the fundamentals moving right the way through the advanced tactics of the game. Um, and that's kind of what we do. So it's an online 16-week journey that you'll be on. Um, everything's remote, so you can access it anytime. Um, and we focus on every single phase of the game right the way from army list writing to time management and really like we said those advanced tactics at the table so our mission is to help people play anytime anywhere against anyone with any faction cool. so that's really what it's about so um, cool. yeah and then we have live lessons on discord to support questions we've got uh, coaches all around the world to make sure that all the different time zones are covered um, and we can help people pick the right mm -hmm. secondaries in certain scenarios and all sorts that, so it's a super that, fun that time zone thing was actually a cool idea i hadn't thought about that but that, that was a really good idea yeah smart 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 yeah. yeah, all the everything's recorded, but it, yeah. it's just a case of how do we make sure that everybody feels 
included, uh, whether it's playing with one another on, uh, you know, online gaming uh, systems or wherever it might be. How do we get the community interacting and feeling like it's a safe place to converse about the game? Well, yeah. there's also a, a real legit community there. It's like a fraternity of well, guys and girls all hanging out. Like, you, yeah. you, you at, at the events, you all kind of know each other. You're already friends. You have a support network before and after the tournaments. It's it's a pretty yeah. cool, uh, pretty cool little group you got going there. And, and I want to see it grow. But I, I think that one thing that Seth and I really, you know, that you wanted to ask you because you come from a very unique perspective in in terms of fitness. I mean, you've got a professional background, I believe, in, in fitness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And 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 Seth and I have been talking about what we wanted to do a segment here for our tabletop talk about like like how do you survive you know a full you know three-day event you know because that is that is an endurance right that's an endurance course and i mean seth you've got all sorts of like techniques that you've you've you know you've used you know you bring uh you bring ibuprofen i believe is a a requirement yes yes it's it's water and cereal that keeps me going but but (laughs) obviously steven you've got oh we should probably ask steven this right do we have to ask him this or should we ask yeah you it's required it's required steven it is a requirement you have to tell me what your favorite sugary breakfast cereal is uh this is just and if you say granola he kicks you off the (laughs) show if you say granola we might have to pull the plug real fast. It can why be anything. Not, why not anything. granola, though? <laughs> the Two in a row! The, the, the texture. Te- the texture is good. The texture is good. The texture okay, is good. Okay, so we yeah. have something in the UK called Cocoa Pops. Do you have that? Oh, of course, oh, yes, yeah. yes, oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. oh, You've yeah. got Cocoa Pops? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's pretty hard to beat. That's pretty hard to beat. Okay, so uh, so so I can respect your uh, your, your cereal decision, but, uh, but we have to go right along into your, your background as, as, as a kind of a fitness you know, yeah. guru, what can you explain people what your background is in that regard? And then maybe how you're able to use your previous experience to help you survive a, a three day gauntlet of, of competitive 40k? Yeah, so um, for the last eight years, since I left university, I suppose, um, I trained to be a teacher um, at university, I studied sport performance, nutrition, and was a huge element of that along with sports psychology. Um, so ever since that, I've been coaching people online through their fitness and their health. Um, I started off out of university, obviously skin, not really much um, money, did my teacher training, realized I didn't want to work in a school, found myself modeling of all things. Um, So I was the fashion model for, you know, about a year and a half. Is it uh, probably, yeah, around then I was being flown around the world doing different photo shoots. And then off the back of that, in terms of how my pictures were looking, people obviously get in touch. Hey, Steve, how do you look like that? Um, How do you do what you do? Um, So I started an online consultancy business for helping people reach their, you know, fitness potential, whether it's, you know, their mental health or right the way to their physical, whether it's improving their body confidence, their relationship with food, helping them, you know, build muscle, lose body fat, Mm -hmm. lose love handles, just get fitter for whatever it might be. And then I then I really started to specialize into uh, body composition. So how do I make people look the the pinnacle that we can possibly get them to for photo shoots, Mm -hmm. TV series, films, um, or competing on stage as a bodybuilder. And that's eventually what I went on to do. So um, really the, for me, surviving an event has not really a great deal to do with the three days I'm actually there. It's everything that leads up to it. Oh, cool. There's, there's literally nothing you could do in three days that will help you. Okay. Aside, aside from go to sleep and try (laughs) to avoid alcohol and, um, you know, just eat some food. But aside from that, there's not a huge amount you can do. You're either in a fit, healthy state to actually compete well, or you're not. And that's, you know, you can either put a mask in, uh, or like a plaster or a, um, a bandaid as you might call it, um, over the situation, like you said about, you know, taking an ibuprofen, that's a bandaid. It's not Mm -hmm. really a thing that we can 
reliably focus on um or we should be anyway prior to the event so i think that's really where that conversation needs to start is what do we do in the months um in the days before an event to really make sure that everybody's feeling awesome and at the top of their game so i mean is there is there i mean like should we go all start running a few miles before an event or is that not realistic? I mean, like what's like, is there something that maybe we should focus on? Like LVO 5k, a good idea or a bad idea? I mean, I'm dead serious. I want to make an LVO 5k, a 40k 5k. Like I'm committed to this. This is going to happen eventually. You might not, I know Steven, you are not much into cardio. You're more of a lifting guy. I can respect that. But, uh, we, 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 you know, is, is cardio kind of the thing you want to like lean into before, you know, if you're, if you're training to go start doing more, uh, more of these marathons that are, you know, GTs and super majors is, is cardio important? Is it more should we lifting weight? Should we worry about our back because we're bent over all day yeah. long? Or? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, so I think first thing we want to do is understand the fundamentals of what we tried to got, um, or the the requirements of our sport, um, as it were. So the first thing is, yeah, do we have a really strong core? Can we, you know, stay standing all day without getting a bad back? That that's going to be absolutely fundamental. So you know, some core exercise, some lower lower back exercises in terms of weight bearing is going to be brilliant to really make sure that we've got a good healthy trunk um, to make sure that you can survive a twelve hour day stood up. Um, and then second to that, you know, you've got to think about the demands on our legs as well. So um, many probably people have felt the the warhammer legs the classic where you <laughs> yeah. just want to sit down um yeah, yeah. so it, again that can really make sure that you know have we got good mobility and range within our joints and muscles so again it is it a case of cardio being better than weights i think there's an argument for both in that the one is no is no better than another they just serve different purposes um you know for example what you might want to achieve with your running is different to what i want to achieve with my weightlifting i think they're very different goals but i think having a healthy respect for both is going to be really important to understand you know for us if you just want to live a healthy lifestyle and let's be honest um you know whether it's running after your children or (laughs) being able to actually perform well at your work um you know, we could go into a load of different types of physical activities yeah. that you might be very interested in being good at, um, more so than just uh, playing Warhammer. I think being fit for life is the most important aspect. Yeah. Um, and having good muscle function and tone is going to be great, along with enough cardiovascular fitness to, you know, do whatever you need to in terms of the demands of everyday life. So for me, as long as I'm fit enough to recover from each of my weight training sessions, I'm fit enough to play volleyball, then actually my cardiovascular system's fine. I don't need to do any excessive uh, or extra cardio uh, because my fitness is already good enough there. So I think one of the, if we really try and break this down, we got to look at those fundamentals of what our body needs and it's a really good healthy trunk. Okay. So if we're carrying excessive weight, um, then we want to try and do everything that we possibly can to try and bring that down a little bit, okay? Because uh, body fat simply is just extra stored energy that we haven't yet used. Um, and we want to try to do the utmost that we can to ensure that we're not carrying any extra weight around with us than our body maybe really needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, that's again, you've got like functional weight, which is muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is an argument, I think, to you could overdo it with too much muscle where it becomes not really needed. Um, and then obviously you've got um, extra calories that you've stored as well. So having a, a balance of the two um, to make sure you can enjoy your life, but also you know be strong enough and fit for life, I think is really important. 
Cool, cool, cool. I know Seth, you've been really focused on your uh, your weightlifting journey at your yeah. home gym. I'm very yeah. jealous, man. I do not have a home gym. I, I don't. I mean, well, you can. You, know, you don't have space for it. I was gonna say you could get one, but then I was like, where would he put it? Yeah, my <laughs> wife's already lived me give me like three of the four rooms in this house. You know, the yeah. the, the hobby room, yeah. the office. You know, so. But I, I yeah, I've been um, I've been I guess I wouldn't say seriously weightlifting, but regularly weightlifting yeah. on five days a week now for about six months, and I can. You know, significantly feel the difference at an event, particularly um, I was not previously very focused on my legs and core and the current routine I do uh, does not let me skip those at all ever uh, at the penalty of death. Even even <laughs> upper body days involve lower body. Um, and I can definitely tell you the difference at events. So I think a lot of what Stephen is saying rings true. Having that good core strength and uh, that good lower body strength is really, you know, we're picking up plastic models, guys. You don't need yeah. to be like ripped to pick up a plastic model, but I mean, you're standing and bending stuff. over. And so those are the muscle groups that you're going to be taxing the entire week or weekend. Yeah. Um, it's also, you know, I, yeah, go ahead. When, when you're there in a situation where you're feeling fatigued, okay, we've all been there. We all felt tired. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's, I probably feel it most when I'm injured. When, I, when I've got an injury and I try and play Warhammer, all I can think about is my injury. I can't think about the game. So I, I can only really compare that to if you're feeling, oh, do you know, I've got a bit of a sore back or, yeah. um, you know, you find yourself sitting down more. Well, if you're sat down, you're not actively participating in the game. Yeah. You're not keeping an eye on, you know, what your opponent might be doing. You're not actively looking for where models are being moved. You can't really keep track because you're sat down. You're now an inactive yeah. participant. Mm -hmm. well, and and um, you'll you'll make assumptions. You'll 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 assume, oh, I you know, this model can get an angle to see, but you don't walk around the table to check it. You know, yeah. or you're like, oh, I know where he put his, you know, his guys on, you know, two inches behind the wall and they actually that character was right up against the wall, you could have charged it and you didn't because you didn't and, know that was and there. you can also become a little cranky too if you're feeling oh, yeah. tired yeah guilty uh, guilty is charged <laughs> you know when you're tired yeah. and, and, and that's yeah. when you can have a little bit more uh, likelihood to lead a bad sportsmanship and, and whatnot so yeah i mean oh. mental fatigue is definitely part of it too mm. um and if if you're you're spending brain power worrying about your body and not worrying about the game that is there it's all the same mental pool of energy yeah when you get down to it yep you you know your mind can only focus on so many things at once um, and I think that's a massive important factor is that we need to try and remove as many other distractions as possible. If you want to be the best player you possibly can be, um, you know, as soon as you start drinking alcohol, you're going to start feeling the effects of dehydration. Um, I had a few drinks at, the, at my last event and you know what, it wasn't worth it. And I certainly paid the price for it. Um, yeah. But again, sometimes you've got to realize what is it the what you're trying to achieve from that event. And if yeah. it's to be the best player you possibly can be then yeah, drinking alcohol is only going to lead to levels of dehydration. Dehydration is then going to lead to, uh, you know, essentially fatigue and your your mental focus and performance is going to drop significantly. I found myself making stupid mistakes and luckily I was able to get by them, but they annoyed me. The fact that I was making those mistakes I would not have made uh, if otherwise I'd had a really good night's sleep. I had, you know, was better hydrated and also I had fueled my body with good macro and micronutrients that my body can actually work well on so um i think one of the effects i found being at the lvo was that this is really really bizarre but obviously i had a few days out in vegas before the event i was itching to eat a vegetable yeah <laughs> you would like I, my digestion my digestion had changed through you know food sources being very different eating out every day rather than you know eat you know preparing my own meals like i normally would um so my toilet 
schedule was completely thrown out um yeah i wasn't it wasn't as easy for me to get as much sleep as i had obviously because of um the flights or whatever it might be and, and jet lag and time zones difference but i think what we need to try and always do is bring ourselves to a baseline okay can you get a certain x amount of hours sleep you know can you get your seven to eight hours sleep a night in the week leading up to that um can you avoid then distractions as well for your mental health so if it's any like if you've got any work family relationship issues okay can we put that to one side and just enjoy the game for a while can it be you turn your phone off while you play the game all these other aspects are so important for our mental health in order for us to actually focus on the game in hand as it might be but um in terms of actually what can we can do so seth like you i want i want to find out more about you this last yeah. six months you said training five days a week isn't serious but five days a week is that's a good effort yeah well so um i mean i'm not i'm not here to plug uh workout companies but essentially i i i yeah i well i went i wanted to find a group that was I've always weightlifted, but I've never had anything that's been uh, more or less like a rotating plan, you know, different, different workouts, different days. And then um, I, yeah, I get really bored doing the same pattern over and over and over again. Um, so I found a group that was, was doing um, kind of escalating, uh, essentially they called it fundamental movement patterns, but escalating the difficulty. And then by changing what lift you were doing, um, and so that was interesting to me because it was like, at most, I'm going to do this workout for four weeks and then I'm going to move on to the next phase. And they have little tests to get to each next phase. Um, but it got me doing things that I years ago I used to lift and I was in much better shape than I am now. Um, but I, I injured my back. Um, and so I've gotten back to the point where I'm lifting as much in some cases or more than I was back then. Um, I haven't lost the weight, um, but I feel like I'm doing that in a much more safe manner um, and I can physically tell the difference on a day-to-day basis so um, just quickly have you what's your body weight done have you increased your weight has it gone down what's happened with your body it's, weight it's maintained the body fat percentage has gone down but the okay. scale number has maintained so you've built muscle yeah and you've dropped body weight so therefore yep. you're in equilibrium of basically what you call with uh, you've recomped you've you've had a recomposition of your body which is in, incredible and uh what will normally happen uh when you start training like you have you, you'll start seeing good results in terms of muscle gain they'll plateau um in terms of how rapidly they've happened and then what you'll start to see is the actual scales decrease but that's mm-hmm. only going to happen if you're in a calorie deficit so that's really the next thing I suppose like you want to focus on if you know you are trying to improve your body composition more potentially would be um you know bring yourself in a calorie deficit to lose body fat or if you want to just keep building more and more muscle then you're going to need a calorie surplus but with that that caloric surplus isn't only going to add more muscle but will probably add on a little bit extra body fat as well because you yeah. always want to make sure you um kind of overdo the surplus as it might be to yeah. ensure that you're getting enough um sort of metabolic demand from training and then also you're fueling that to basically grow but again you can periodize that it doesn't have to be um you know you can go into a muscle building phase and then you can go into a fat loss phase and this is something that i'm doing constantly so at the moment i'm in a building phase i'm still trying to build the muscle i lost over covid um and when i feel like i'm back to where i am it will be then going into a diet phase then so um yeah. you kind of live on a spectrum of like the upper end of where you're happy in terms of body fat levels and a lower end of where it's probably not good to go below that period as well. So yeah. um, as long as you're somewhere between there, then all good. And and the variety in, in that aspect, I assume, is also nice because being on the, the deficit diet all the time can't be that enjoyable. 
Hey guys, usually I eat really good. This is Kicker, the chief of cereal, saying this, by the way. Well, cereal's really important to me. Clearly, yeah. as I'm Kicker, the cereal guy. Yeah, it's just less nutrient food, that's all. Um, but I'm a bear without my yeah. cereal. To be honest, like for me, when I teach people about food, uh, the first thing I always say is, look, there's no good, there's no bad food. Okay, just get the get any stigma of good and bad food out of your mind. Um, all all there is is calorie based food. Okay, whether it's high or low, um, and then hopefully we're still supporting the body with enough vitamins and minerals to keep us functioning well. But for me, I actually find dieting very easy. The thing I find hardest is when I'm trying to build muscle and I'm on four thousand calories a day, eating that regular to eat that much food of reasonably dense nutrient dense food is what i've really struggled with having to set an alarm to remind myself to eat um i was a good bodybuilder because i could diet down quite comfortably um i'm like a robot when i diet i just um just straight on it i never moan i just get on with it and i lose weight and it's it's like a really satisfying um uh what's the word i'm looking for but a, a painful routine. but a painful but satisfying routine yeah yeah, obviously uh, is very well versed in the realms of nutrition and fitness, but he's also a very well versed uh, competitive 40K player. So we kind of, you know, you, you were just over here for LVO. Um, you've been active over in the UK scene for a while. What are the kind of the big differences you're seeing between those two metas? The joke is always that the UK meta is always, you know, six months in the future from the US meta. I don't know. I, I, I don't know where that's come from, to be honest. Um, I would say, is the meta different? Not really. Um, I think there is a, I would probably say in the US from my experience now, and obviously I've played in SoCal, uh, it's my second LVO. Um, I've played in some other events as well over in the States. I think that there is a very big divide in terms of um, how people want to play the game in terms of how serious they take it at the table. Um, now, obviously, like this is probably the only thing I can even try to. Because let's be honest, we're playing the same game. We're playing the same yeah. rule set. It's not like um, you know. It's just a case of maybe some sort of familiar, some sort of um, expectations are maybe different. Uh, the way mannerisms are behaved, or obviously in the UK, many of us know each other because the reason we're we're such a small player base. Um, that I mean, there's only one GT a month, right? So yeah. we're all gonna go. So you, I've I've probably played against every other um, player, and they've experienced playing me before, and I've experienced playing them before. So actually, there's less of this uh, diversity that there might be uh, when you come over to the states. I think there is a a level there of I already know what I'm going to expect from this player when I play them, um, and I would say on the whole. In my experience, we have slightly more relaxed games in the UK than maybe uh, in the US. Kicker here. Uh, something that I noticed is intent play here in the US. W what do you think about that? Um, so I think in intent can be uh, it's a, it's a funny one because, yeah, you want to play by intent. But also you actually have to know what you were meaning to intend and you need to declare that, right? Otherwise, you're just cheating. There's a big difference between, oh, I meant to do this and now I'm actually putting on you to let me do that. And you should never do that. Um, what I mean by necessarily is sometimes we're a little bit maybe more relaxed in terms of 
probably the time in chess clocks. They're not as commonly used over here, I would say, as they mm-hmm. are, um, you know, on some of the tables at the LVO, maybe. Um, now, I mean, I had this experience when playing straight away, somebody threw a clock on me and not even a, hey, do you mind if we use this? It was kind of, it's an expectation, we're going to use it. Um, and straight away, I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Like, I'm just pretty chill about this. Um, so again, it, I think it's just a little bit of a different perception. If you're that serious about the game, that's completely cool. Um, but it's always good to have that dialogue at the start of the game. What sort of game are you expecting? Are you expecting just a funsy kind of game or are you here to, you know, do the best that you possibly can be? Um, what sort of level of interaction are we going to have um, in terms of go backs or take, you know, take backs, whatever yeah. you want to call them. Uh, so I think sometimes just that atmosphere as well can be a little bit different. Um, but I think I might be biased as well because people already, if they already know who I am, they maybe already expect a certain level from me i don't know um or they they, they already know what i'm going to be you, like you so. have made a name for yourself of being a good sp- yeah so it's it's a, it's a, oh, i appreciate that um and it's it's tricky right so i may be maybe i'm a bit biased but i haven't had that many bad games to really compare but all i can really say is maybe the time management potentially might be different yeah, yeah. great segue uh, kicker here yeah so we're using a lot of chess clocks lately uh what do you guys think I I've I've used chess clocks in the past, um, and like when I when I go assuming I can get it all painted in time for Cherokee, I will probably put a chess clock on myself at when for the Tower Cherokee. Not because I I use chess clocks because I don't want to deprive my opponent of their time. Yeah. Um, so when I when I played like a horde orc list, I would put a clock down because I'm like I could easily take two hours of this game myself. I don't want to take two hours, you know. So. Um, I'll do it in those scenarios or I'll do it when I feel like I don't know the army very well. I'm going to be kind of slow. Um, but there's certainly, I've been to events. Um, I didn't think I played on one at uh, LVO, but I've been to events where if you get to a certain cut, you know, if you're undefeated going into a certain round or whatever, you're automatically on a chess clock. Um, and and I think those those situations are are fine where it's like, okay, once you get to a certain point, we're going to put you on chess clock because we want all of our games to come to a natural conclusion. Um, I think that's fine to do that. Um, yeah. You know, think- my first round opponent at uh, LVO was a guy that was, God bless him, at his literal first tournament ever. Um, and so there was no, we weren't, we were not pulling a terse clock out in that scenario because it was like, okay, we're going to have a fun game. Afterwards, I'm going to talk to you about how you probably should be drinking some more water and sitting down and eating a good dinner tonight because he's like, man, I'm tired. And I'm like, yeah, you got through round one of six, buddy. <laughs> I think um, like, um, it's funny enough. I got asked this today uh, on one of my quiz, the coaches we did. So uh, it was, how do you use a chess clock in the right way? And I think that's a really important conversation to have. And what you've just done there, Seth, is perfect. Uh, it's straight away. You, if you want to use a chess clock, you say, hey, uh, do you mind if we use a chess clock? Um, I want to make sure that I don't take up any of your time. We'll use it as a guide to ensure that we complete this game and we get to turn five if you're cool with that. And then you ask the question, have you ever used a chess clock before? If they say no, don't worry, I'm going to help you. I'm going to make sure that you, no extra time's left on you um, or, you know, I'm not using up any of your time. You're not using up any of mine. And we'll make sure this is done fairly in the best possible way. Um, and I think that's a really good leading conversation 
to know that actually um, you know we're going to have a fair game here and we're yeah. at a mutual understanding so if one person wants to that's completely cool because the person that wants to can lead the way in terms of ensuring the chess clocks used correctly um, and obviously yeah when you get to a certain round you know that maybe there's that expectation if you use the chess clock um, to ensure that you know games are finished kicker here again I really want to talk about people that may game the system using a chess clock what can what can you guys tell me about that? Yeah, there there's always going to be gamers are going to game. There's always going to be a guy that tries to find a way to game the rule system, but those players eventually will be self-selected out of the community hopefully. Um because yeah, that, that's not what that is for. Yeah, I think it's happened to me once where I've been uh deliberately um or enforcefully clocked out in what I think was an unfair way. Um, and at the time, the rules were written that I could have just said, look, actually, well, you're not having any time either, and therefore we count the points up and I win. But I didn't do that. I let them carry on doing what they wanted to do. And if that's what... And, and I think that just came down to an inexperience at the time. So, yes, yes a chess clock can be weaponized. I mean, I had it, um, you know, at an event, and I just kept saying to my opponent, oh, you've left the, you've left the time on me again. You've left the time on me again. You've left the time on me again. To make a point that maybe they weren't being as fair as they thought with with their time. Yeah. Um, because it's, I, as I was very honest, I said, look, I don't use a chess clock that often. You know, in the UK, I don't use a chess clock. Um, you know, I, I can't remember the last time I never finished a game. I mean, I play um, on a very regular basis, so I'm a very fast player. So, again, it's not something I feel like I need to do. But still, there's that level of just because I play a lot doesn't mean that I'm, you know, up on how you want to use a chess clock, for example. Yeah. Kicker here again. So how do you get ready for a big event like LVO? So I think the first thing is to understand, to really read through the, the rule pack of the event. I think that's really important that a lot of people just completely miss. Really, number one, take some time to read through the rule pack. And one of those things is going to be using player-optimized terrain. So if they're not familiar with using player-optimized terrain, have a practice at home. That's all you need to do. Yep. Hey, do you mind if I just practice, uh, you know, putting some terrain down in regards to generating a, a, a mission or a game plan? And this is something that we t I taught on the workshop uh, to give people feedback and uh, to critique what they were doing. But that's really fundamental. Uh, I think one of the most valuable parts of the workshop, actually looking at the feedback, was having some time to do that. So that's going to be one of my points is that look at the rule pack and practice using terrain properly uh my second one as well is don't worry about who or what you play the most important thing you can do is ask the right questions so understand what your army needs to function and then write a list of questions that might cause your your army a little bit of trouble so if you really really rely on your invulnerable save, a really good question to ask your opponent at the start of the game is, hey, have you got any way to change or modify my invulnerable save? And if they say, yeah, okay, how would, how's that work? That's the psychic power. Okay, which model has that psychic power? It's this guy. Cool. And then that way I don't need to know the entire Thousand Suns Codex. I just need to know those important questions. Do you have a fight last in your list? Do you have anything that can fall back in charge? Um, how's that used? Is it a stratagem, a warlord trait, a relic? Maybe five to ten questions, and then that way you can cover all the bases 
and then finally, when you actually get to the game, you can spend some time, think about your secondary options, and really take some time to think there. Um, and then you can hopefully enjoy the game with a little bit more or just less anxiety rather than, oh, I wonder what gotcha moments I'm going to be caught out by with this codex. You've asked the questions, and if you fail to ask a question and you got gotcha'd, do you know what? That's a lesson learned. Add it to your question next time. All right. That's a lesson. You know, any um, failure is a lesson yep. to be learned from. All right. All right. Well, yeah, I think that was all really good information. I think we got a lot of really good information fitness wise and, you know, differences in meta and some first time tips. So really glad to have you on, Stephen. We've been talking about doing this for a while, but we finally made it happen. So thank you for joining us. Kicker, did you have any uh, final questions? Yeah, Kicker here again. Um, I wanted to say thank you so much, Stephen, for uh, coming on the show. Um, I also wanted to say, when do you think we're going to see you again? I say we, we tell them when I'm coming next. Uh, okay, so it's going to be the Bay Area Open. Nice. The next workshop. Yeah, so the workshop was really great, and everyone really loved it. What did you think? Yeah. I heard that that was very popular. Yeah, quite the I was, attendance. I was blown away by how many people were stood in front of me. So, um, yeah, <laughs> took me a little bit by surprise. All right. Well, thanks for having us on, Stephen. And now we are going to cut to Kicker and Seth in the future. Uh, thank you, past uh, Seth and yeah. Kicker. Um, and 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 Kicker's voice was his own the entire yeah, time. I, think, I promise you. Think he was you. going down with something, and I was worried about him. Yeah, you know, it it definitely yeah. was. Uh, I think he caught a, a really, really, really transient, uh, you know, like uh, sore throat there just for like twenty minutes. Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. So, um. Thanks for sticking around for that pre-recorded thing. Uh, you know, some were thinking that might have been live. No, like, you know, because Steven's over in the UK, that means like by the, when we're recording right now, it's like 2 a.m. for him. So yeah. um, we didn't really want to do that to him. So we've been talking about how to get this done. And the best thing we could come up with is recording on a weekend. So uh, let's get into our ITC recap because we finally have new ITC ranks. Tech pre sticky. Hit it. Oh, yeah. No, give me a second here. It's, it's <laughs> not as easy as that. We <laughs> might have been cackling in the background this entire time. Maybe not. You never know because no one could hear us, right? They couldn't They couldn't hear us, right? No, thank right, God. Priest? No, okay, no. good. Bam! Um, so there we go. All right. For the 40K competitive recap, we have uh, number five is Liam Calabot, number four, Manny Chimba, number three, Ryan Sander, number two, Quentin Johnson, and number one, James Marsden. Now, you'll note that all of these uh, rankings um, are like literally, you know, the highest score is a guy with three events. So there's definitely going to be a lot of movement early on in this season. Um, these these early go-getters uh, have, have jumped on a number of events, but it, uh, it is definitely going to be a lot of movement. So just keep an eye on that as we go. Um, flipping on over to the hobby track, we've got uh, number five is Quentin Johnson, number four, Caleb Kirby, number three, Morgan Timpey, uh, number two, Brendan Mueller, and number one, Christopher Johnson. So uh, and I already got a couple of hobby scores there. They're uh, doing doing good there, guys. I'm so jealous. Um, yep. Flipping on over to the AOS competitive, um, we have number five, Zach Ahrens, number four, Baz Norman, and I have, I'm thinking that's supposed to be junior. Not entirely sure there, Baz. Sorry about that. Uh, number three is Nick Berdu. Number two is Mitch Quaja. Ooh, good one. 
I I tried, Mitch. I tried real hard, buddy. Um, and number one is leaving Sichanavana. I oh, have no idea how to pronounce that one. Sorry, Levina. Sound Hit me up on Facebook. Just, let's just sound I, it out. Sitch. Chit. Sitch. In. In Nava. A Nava. That's what I said. Okay. That's what I tried. I'm just trying to okay. train you up for next week when he's number one. <laughs> he is number one. That's what I'm saying. Hobby track. Uh, number five, Robert Studley. Number. And by the way, Robert. Fantastic last name, buddy. Yeah. Uh, number four, Matthew Garcia. Number three, Chris Miller. Number two, Matthew Dye. And number one, Robert Carr. Um, and then we have some kill team, even. Um, put them up, it, but you can talk about them. Oh, he didn't get the kill team. You never tell me. Uh, it's, just... Janice, it's on the notes. <laughs> uh, number five, Janice Gillum. Uh, number four, Miguel Miguelodon Angel. Ooh. Number three, Jordy Asenine. Uh, SNC. I'm probably butchering that, Jordy. I'm sorry. Um, number two, Justin Vigil. And number one, Antonio Malero. You know what? I like uh, when the so, new season starts just so you can butcher people's names, Seth. I think that's the best part of it, really. I think, I think, yeah, I think early season is hard for me because I, I, one, there'll be a bunch of new names next week, probably. And I'll be like, oh, crap. I don't know how to say those <laughs> either. So, um, and then I'll mispronounce something and then I'll get some, you know, Facebook message. You mispronounced my buddy's name. I'm sorry. I'm only human. He's the tech priest. Um, anyway, uh, final thoughts or questions for the night chat. I've been keeping an eye on you guys throughout there. Um, Everyone send your well wishes to kicker. I'm sure he's going to get better from, from what was going I'm on. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I'll be fine. If, if you're around this weekend, make sure you bring him tea. I'm going to do my best to bring him tea and I might, my wife's going to be there, so I'm going to probably tell her to swing by with some tea for him, too. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for this weekend, excited to, to roll dice with the new army, and uh, I am excited to see all of you. Oh, there we go. Uh, Seth, did you finish painting your army? I finished painting my army, like, an hour ago. Yeah. Um, how is how is like, the orc uh, community taking this, by the way? There's, oh. there's mixed feelings. There's yeah. some folks that are, you know, oh, you've given up on the greater good. Um, but there, there was a lot of folks that understood, like, that's what I want to play and have fun right now. And okay. I'm paying a good chunk of money to go to these events. So I want to have some fun. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very much against army shaming. Um, hmm. So I, yeah, I've generally speaking, most folks have, have been happy with it. Um, question, <laughs> how do you keep your skin so soft and shiny? Well, Wolf Priest Carl, that's because I shaved my head right before this episode and then I lotioned it up just for you. Ooh. It's really hard Keep to that get nice the chroma simple. key working properly on Seth because his head usually uh, screws up with the chroma. So, yeah. Look, if you keep saying that my wife's going to put makeup on my head and I'm not, that's not <laughs> happening, folks. That's not happening. Do you look, you hear me, chat? She's not makeuping my head for you. Um, Oh, we have someone in chat wanting to know if they can, how hard is it to get into Warhammer? There's definitely a barrier of entry. I'm not going to lie, Mayabi. Um, there's a lot to learn in terms of rules. There's a lot to build and paint in terms of armies, but take it in small pieces, play small games, build up over time. Buy a custodies army. I'm, I mean, yeah, elite armies like custodies yeah. are a great way to start if you want to get in there fast. But. Um, try to find your local community, local stores, local gaming groups, because I guarantee you there'll be folks more than willing to, to help get you into the game and learn and lend you armies for first games and that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, hop on into it, man. All right. 
that's it for tonight uh don't forget uh check out the stream all weekend it'll be on war games live uh youtube yep. and the frontline gaming twitch channel um so stay tuned for all that fun maybe you'll catch me on there maybe not who knows um but until next time this has been uh set the mad doc and tech priest dickie Tech Priest Dickie. Yeah, I'm ignoring the craft world questions because uh, <laughs> thank you so much. We really hope you enjoyed this single, this episode of Single from Frontline. Have a great week, and we will see you at the Cherokee Open. Bye-bye.